Hello and welcome to another Sebastian's Pub podcast. I'm Vishnu Persraman here with Rohit Persraman. Rohit, uh, in the uh, the battles of Miami, uh, there was always only going to be one victor, right? And and it was our Hurricanes. Uh, did you did you enjoy that that performance? You know, I did. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't perfect, um, but I think it was definitely a step in the right direction. I mean, there's no doubt the team just overall looked better than last year. I mean, setting aside the opponent, of course, but even when you compare to sort of similar situations last year, just the, I was really struck by kind of the depth. I mean, you know, four running backs that all looked good, felt like we played a lot of guys on defense and those were the two aspects of the game that that were really strong for the team. Um, And that's a little bit, different than it's been in the past like we've been building the roster with with recruiting certainly but a lot of transfers and and it wasn't as if you know any new player came in and just sort of blew you away and and you were like wow I can't believe we got this guy but it was just kind of guys kept popping up here and there doing things you're like oh yeah we have that guy now we have that guy now and 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 to see them actually make an impact was pretty gratifying. So I thought wasn't as wasn't like I said perfect, um, but definitely felt like some of the changes that have been made this off season are are having an impact. So a step in the right direction, real solid, but room for improvement, which I think is right where you want to be. I mean, if you just came out more like awesome the first game, that probably means that like. The other team was terrible. <laughs> you just <laughs> got lucky. This was this was not just a complete, you know, rollover, but but with definitely a solid performance. Yeah, I'd say overall, you know, given the opponent and all the all the caveats there, we got what we wanted out of that game, right? I think the uh you know dominated a team we should dominate, which to your point last year couldn't really say a lot of. Um, but if you're looking to kind of looking for signs out of that game, you know, into this week's game, I think you got what got what we needed. Um, I will say, I think that stood out to me kind of in contrast last year is the physicality of it. That Javion Cohen really, he's a beast. He was moving moving people, but even even outside of him, um, you know, there was a lot of. Um, just physicality on the offensive line that Cam McCormick made a big difference blocking as well. A lot of our running did go left, um, which was behind those two in Jalen rivers. But um, I just thought overall, that was a big difference. I think on both, both lines and initially Miami's Ohio's coach today, you know, is doing his midweek press conference and they asked him about, about injuries. And he, and he kind of said, you know, no one's really long-term injured, but, you know, we are physically beaten up because they they physically whooped us, and and they dom- and they basically pushed us around, and we're 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 worn down because of that. Um, he's like, he said, I'm glad we have eight days off, eight days between games this week. Um, so you know, again, all the caveats of the opponent that does, you know, that's not something you've heard a lot about our team <laughs> recently. That not just one, but just physically, we're were overwhelming. So that was certainly a positive from, from my perspective. 
Yeah, and I mean, that's what we've been wanting to build. I mean, that's been Mario's focus and both the transfer recruits and some of the younger guys that have been brought in. We're supposed to change that. And that's definitely the right approach. The, the symptoms, both from last season and prior to that, just bad tackling, not being able to, to succeed in short yardage, um, really seem to you know, turn that on its head a little bit for one week, right? We have to see if this is sustainable. But I think you can just see the difference of, we didn't have a lot of major injuries in camp. I think one thing we also forget about last season is is just the attrition on on the lines. And, you know, when you start saying you have no depth, that's when it really showed. Um, you know, as a starting point, it feels like this year we can even sustain some injuries and still have have some guys. So that's encouraging. But I really did like the more the mindset than, than necessarily execution. I mean, I thought we left a lot out there. I thought, I don't, I don't think it was, like I said, it was just not a perfect game, but um, I felt like when we wanted to, we could sort of, weren't even disguising it. We would just, like you said, bring in McCormick, bring in, what was it, Matthew McCoy as a tight end, <laughs> or like wearing a tight end jersey. And we're like, you know what, we're just going to run this ball. And we would do to be able to to show your cards and then still just push the other team around is encouraging and it seems like it's easy to easy enough against what should be an inferior opponent but it's just not something we were doing last year i mean remember all the times we couldn't convert in the red zone and couldn't convert fourth fourth and ones or third and ones and this was a little different like we were we got in those situations and it didn't feel like we were going to be stopped so that, that was really positive on offense. And then defense was was really solid. Um it didn't didn't force any turnovers, but it, which which is even more impressive in a way because they just really stifled the other Miami um and and just didn't barely gave them an inch. I mean they they, they didn't have much in the way of yards. They couldn't really run the ball. Um and that's what you want to see. Like it almost felt like we didn't even, I think they, I want to say they said Cam Kitchen's name once on the broadcast. He wasn't even involved in the game and he's our best player. Um, and I'm sure they were avoiding him and whatnot, but still just the fact that you could have that kind of performance and some of your top players don't even uh, have to really make an impression. That to me just speaks of the depth. Like you saw, a lot of linemen play. We even linebacker, I wouldn't say it's a strength now, but the fact that we had four or five guys that could actually get out there and contribute and didn't look out of place was really encouraging. And in the secondary, like everybody that played, you know, seemed to make an impact or seemed to have have an imprint on the game. So just it's good signs. Like we have to see if if it's if it's real or if, if we can build on it, but there's definitely something more there than there was before. Yeah, and 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 for me, there there were a lot of our newcomers flashed. Um, you know, both starting linebackers were were new players, um, and I just thought overall the the line, the push, especially on the offensive line, but also defensively. 
you know, that makes a difference. Even if you're not getting 10 yards a carry, even though we did have some big runs and we ran the ball really well, you know, when you're constantly pushing the D line back, it does wear them out. And again, these are things we haven't seen, um, you know, <laughs> recently, even against lesser opponents. So that's certainly a good sign. And, you know, hopefully a sign of things to come because when you can run the football, when you can stop the run, it makes the entire entire game just much easier. Um, and, and that's what we saw, saw on, on Friday. I mean, that thing, you know, we've been in, we, it's not like we haven't won game. I mean, last year was five and seven, but we've won. I mean, we've won games like Manny Diaz's second season where, where Derek King was, was dominant, you know, won eight games, not, not like, you know, groundbreaking, but not terrible. Obviously Rick had a couple of really strong seasons. So it's like we haven't won games, but, um, you know, it, it felt always felt like even in those wins, everything was teetering. I felt like, you know, they threw the touchdown to Colby Young on the first drive. I felt like the game was over. We had already kind of physically imposed our will. We'd broken off some runs. Um, and then certainly after they got the ball and it was swarming to the football defensively and they punted, even though, you know, it stayed, we kicked a field goal. It was 10, 10, nothing for a while. It just, it felt like they were never really in the game just because of the physicality of our team. And that's something that, that again, we haven't really seen in a while. We've won, we've won games comfortably. We've dominated opponents over the last several years as well. It's not like that never happens, but it, it was kind of refreshing, especially after last year where, where it was really, everything felt like a struggle to just, you know, even at 10, nothing feel like this game is in complete control. Like it's not really in doubt. Um, and, it, and that was just because of the, the physical and athletic gap that was pretty apparent and, and, and is often there, but this time was realized. Yeah, I mean, that's a good way of putting it. Like the game was never, never felt in doubt, never felt worried or bothered at all. And even in this stretches, I mean, maybe the one concern um, that hopefully gets worked out, but brought back some bad memories from last year was not being able to execute and finish drives. I mean, you mentioned the play to Colby Young. Um, and then after that, we, we just kind of weren't able to to finish. Um, we kicked three field goals, the rest of the half. Obviously, there was a pick, but it was moving the ball to a point and then just not being able to, whether it was the play calls or the execution or whatever, not being able to finish up and, and punch it in. And you'd like to just be able to grind that one all the way home. Um, so that may be a little bit of a concern, but even despite that, I mean, even when it was only you know, 10 or 13 in the first half, just never felt like there was any chance they were going to come back. And I think some of that's a credit to the defense. Like it never felt like they lost their grip on that game. Um, even when, you know, the other Miami made some inroads into our side of the field, it just never, never felt bothered, never felt like they could do anything to us. And, Last year, like, I, I mean, you never felt like that. You just never felt like, okay, we're going to throttle these guys. They're not going to do a thing to us. And maybe the time we felt that most recently was the 2017 team that, that had a really good defense and the turnover chain and just kind of that magical 
season, even that team probably wasn't the type where you'd say, all right, we know we're just going to shut them down and not give them an inch. But that was at least a defense that I think we had confidence in. Ever since then, it really hasn't felt that way. You're always waiting for the other shoe to drop, somebody to get burned deep, somebody to miss tackles, the other team to run it up the middle over and over (laughs) with success. And none of that stuff happened. I mean, we had a couple blown assignments and coverages, but those were kind of one-offs. Like it just never felt like there was, there was any, any air for them and credit to Gidry and, and the players. I mean, they really, it really seemed like a drastic turnaround. Yeah. Yeah, it it did. It, It felt different. Now it's just one game. Um, as we've been repeatedly saying against an inferior opponent, so you know we'll we'll find out a lot more, not just this week though, because we're not sure how good this week's opponent is either, right? I mean, last year played A and M, both teams were highly regarded. It was a close game. Turns out both teams were awful. At the time, it felt like well, it was a two good teams slugging it out. It was actually just two bad teams. Um, so we'll we'll, we'll learn more this week, but it's really going to be. You know, there's that middle stretch of games where it's at North Carolina, Clemson at home, and I know Clemson lost last week, but that's still obviously a tough game. Then Virginia at home, which you'd like to think we'd win. Then at North Carolina State, at Florida State, that's five five games in a row. Obviously, our bye week is before conference play, so you know that's where you're really going to find out if you can consistently show up and play through adversity. Because um, even you know, as as big as this game this week feels, and as as especially for the two of us. Um, you know, this is a circle your calendar type of game. Um, it's still just after this, you're going to go to Bethune, Cookman, and Temple as the next two games, and you're going to win both of those, then you're going to get a bye week. So it is really almost like a game in isolation, whereas when you get to that core part of the ACC schedule and you're playing tough opponents week in, week out, which which the Canes will most definitely be doing for for. Um, four out of five games in a row, three of which on the road there and in those four games, you know, that's where you're really going to know more about the team. Um, with that said, um, one other thing from this before we talk A&M, um, what did you think of uh, Tyler Van Dyke's performance? I know it's been a little bit polarizing. Yeah, I I thought he was fine. I, I think the weakest part of the offense was the passing game. And I don't think that was really on him. I I think that was possibly by design. A lot of short throws. Never felt like we were even trying to hurt them um, by making deeper runs into the defense and throwing the ball downfield. It really felt like the strategy was get it out quick, let guys make plays with the ball in their hands. And like, and Colby Young made that first play. And actually he, he was pretty effective quite a bit early. Might've gotten injured at some point and or, or banged up a little and, and kind of lost his effectiveness. So I think the one thing that's interesting to me is like, I don't really think it's Van Dyke. I mean, he, he wasn't, it wasn't his best game, but he wasn't bad and he didn't need to do much. Like that wasn't really the game plan. And um, so, you know, it's like, 
criticizing um, Tom Brady when he hands the ball off 40 times a game or something like, and they win and he only throws for 150 yards. Like that, that was the plan. I don't think we were asking him to do much. And um, his interception wasn't, wasn't a great look, wasn't a great play. He probably could have, he, he obviously misread the coverage. I, that guy looked really open and maybe with a, with a harder throw or something, that's like, that's a completion. But there were also like three other guys wide open on that play that he didn't throw to that he should have. So just a miss there. But the thing I'm maybe concerned about, the one position group that I'm most concerned about coming out of the game is the wide receivers because Young looked really good. I mean, always thought of him more as like a big body guy who could, maybe win balls downfield and not so much as the more explosive, twitchy kind of, you know, run after the catch type. But he he was, you know, even setting aside that touchdown, like a lot of his other plays were, were plays like that. So he just seems to have like really improved a lot and, and looks like a potential true number one receiver. But then you swing back to it and you're like, is Colby Young really a number one receiver? <laughs> and is that the problem? Because we're, what about all the other guys? Like we've been recruiting receivers from high school through the transfer portal for years. We have like nine guys or 10 guys who you've heard of, who, who you think, you know, might contribute. And most of them don't play and then the ones that do don't have much of an impact on the game and I think that's a little concerning because um, I was just expecting a little more out of that position group you're hearing about Kevin Beard and all the work he's been doing and that just on in terms of like the passing attack just didn't really show up Um, so I wonder if like there's just a little bit of disconnect and need a little more work between on the passing game overall, whether that's with Van Dyke and the receivers or, or just thinking about different schemes or whatever, you know, kind of different strategies. But that was definitely like a weak spot of the, uh, of the offense, I thought. And then the other thing was just the, the running game I thought was good overall and had a lot of big chunk runs, but also had, a lot of a lot that was felt like it was left out there, like plays that seemed relatively well blocked. Like nobody was really getting in the backfield, right? And on on plays like that, you'd ex- you're kind of getting a minimum of two to three yards, and it felt like a lot of times we got the minimum. So that was a little disappointing. Like you expect, and the backs looked good, so it's hard to say what was going on. So those were my like nitpicky things, but I think we were probably saving stuff. I don't think we were going to come out there and run a lot of complicated pass concepts. I think that was definitely intentional. Yeah, I mean, Shannon Dawson did say um, in his media availability this week that, you know, they didn't really open up the passing game because, you know, one didn't need to, two, you're not, you're not going to do that in this game um, once you're in control of it. But we've heard that before when it's just been bad offense. So, you know, grain of salt with all of that whole, we haven't used the whole playbook yet stuff. That's a pretty uh, cliche 
um, answer after one game. Um, I will say on the interception, yeah, it was, it was a misread. I know, you know, there was that rumor early in the week last week that about his finger and whether or not he was going to play. And I thought he looked fine. Um, it was a misread. It was open over the middle initially, you know, if he had thrown it earlier. And he obviously just didn't see the underneath coverage and floated it thinking he was throwing the receiver into wide open space. But actually the underneath coverage was there. So, yeah, right. If he'd thrown it harder, although it's hard to, you know, because there are players in between him and the receiver throwing that far downfield on a rope, you know, it probably gets batted down or, or you know, there's another interception opportunity. So I think it was just, it was probably too late to throw that pass. If he'd seen it early in the route and, and hit it between the hash marks, that's where it was more open. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I do think there are other opportunities to, to, um, to continue to to um to expand that passing game there are other receivers that are um that are that are there to 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 cash in and actually talked about this on on the other show i do the six rings cane show you know some of these speedier receivers didn't really have a role in this game or as much of a role as you'd like and so um so this is you know probably an opportunity to to maybe unleash them this week versus, you know, in, um, in previous weeks, um, that has not really been, been, um, uh, or at least I guess the only the one week, but, um, you know, that's not really something that, that they did this week. Cause there was no, there was no reason to. And I think that that's kind of the big thing of this week. It was kind of, um, you know, it was it was a way to um, to get through this game without any kind of injuries and keep it kind of simple. Not put a lot on film and hope that that um, that that this next game, you know, is where you kind of open up the playbook more. Maybe get the ball into some of our speedier receivers' hands and um, you know take advantage of, of some some things that that that'll be different in this game. Um, with that said, obviously this week uh, it's a big opponent at home. It's it's Texas A and M, um, and so um, so you know, and this week I don't think there'll be much holding holding back on um, on the playbook and the, and the passing there. And so so um, I guess Rohit, do you have any initial thoughts on on Texas A and M coming coming to Miami this week? It's uh, going to be an interesting test. I, I did watch, you know, kind of a condensed version of their game or, or at least extended highlights. And I mean, it's a whole different animal. Like they, they um, in some ways, was kind of similar to us. Like, I, first of all, they're definitely playing a worse team. I mean, you could, you watch our game and you're kind of like, whoa, you know, one team is way bigger than the other, and you watch theirs, and it was even more pronounced. So just a total mismatch in terms of um, it just you know, level of just even size and athleticism. But they, you know, it was their first game too, and they have a new offensive coordinator and all that. So in, in a lot of ways, in, in a similar situation. And I thought they looked pretty 
good in in many ways. I mean, I don't think I think on offense. I I don't remember. I think they I think they scored touchdowns on like their first four or five drives in a row. You can't can't do much better than that. It wasn't always smooth and, and easy, but ultimately, like their receivers were pretty dominant and uh, they were able to make plays. Thought it was interesting though, like. What's going to be interesting about this game is is really the physicality. So we did, I think, you know, this sticks, that fact that we're really a physical team and we're, we're leading with that. You know, if that's, if, that's, if that's true, if that's as real as it looks like for one game, then I think we have a big advantage there because I, I wasn't seeing that from them. Like, I didn't see them – punishing New Mexico. They had a hard time running the ball a lot of the time. Like they really were doing their damage through the air. Um, And that's easy to do against a team that really can't cover anybody you have and can't put any pressure on your quarterback. Um, And even on when, when they were on defense, they, you know, we were just talking about how our defense really put the clamps on and felt like took the air out of, Miami of Ohio, it felt like New Mexico had some punches. You know, they they were able to, they weren't able to finish drives. They weren't able to really sustain them for very long, but it wasn't like they were going three and out every time. They were putting together plays here and there. So I thought our performance was a little bit better in terms of physicality and just looking more physically dominant, but I thought they – did a better job of finishing drives and um, but yeah, putting points on the board, frankly. I mean, they just they had 42 points at halftime or something. Like that's, you know, no matter who you're playing, that's, that's not bad. Um, I don't think they really did it with turnovers. It was all, all drives and scores. So pretty, pretty good, um, pretty impressive performance by them. But this is a whole different animal for both teams and, we're going to have to really see like who's physical and I mean, we'll know after this game, if this perceived enhanced, you know, physicality and size on the offensive line and physical dominance on the defense is real because we're not going to just be able to move people and we're going to have to really execute and come at them in waves and we'll see if we can do it. Yeah, I I similarly looked at uh, I'm assuming watched the same highlights trip you did, which is kind of the extended highlights ESPN puts out. Um, I will say, you know, we don't do a lot a lot of complimenting of the ACC. The fact that they put up those condensed games, they're a lot more robust than the ESPN, even the expanded ESPN highlights. The SEC, I guess, doesn't do that. So you know, the whole the 25 minute thing where they show kind of a lot of the the plays, you know that. There wasn't really that for this game, but it was more than just like the uh, standard three-minute highlight package. I'm assuming you watch the same thing, but it was, yeah, kind of agree with your assessment. Well, except I, I would say they finished drives because that Noel Thomas guy was a beast and was just, you know, going grabbing the ball in the end zone away from less athletic players. Now he is six six, so he's he's their he was certainly their best receiver last week. So it's going to be a tough matchup, but. 
you know, I didn't see a lot of them getting separation uh, on the outside. Um, more so, just physical at the point of it, at the point of uh, the catch, and they did struggle a bit to run the ball. Um, so there wasn't that physical domination there. Um, and you mentioned New Mexico. New Mexico is is significantly worse than Miami or Ohio. Um, New Mexico made a bowl game in 2016, and they have not won more than three games in a season since then. Have won two games several times in that that span. So we are talking about kind of one of the worst teams in FBS. With that said, you know, AM did what they needed to. Um, they 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 moved the ball and, and completed passes, but the running game wasn't really there. And, you know, it'll be a test for our secondary if we force them into more of a running team. You know, do they, can they do it? Because I, I do think our line play on both sides is better than theirs. Um, I think they have, you know, I I think they have that that probably a little bit more big playability out of the receiver position. So that's kind of where the, where I think from a defensive standpoint, we'll need to be solid. Offensively, I think a lot of it is going to be, can we move them and run the ball? Um because, like you said, New Mexico landed some punches, but, you know, there wasn't a lot of sustained um, sustained um, stuff there. So that's where you kind of look at it and say, well, you know, can we, can we sit there and run the ball and, and really, you know, get six, six seven yards of carry and, and move the chains that way? to wear them down or is it going to be more of a three yard four yard to carry type of thing where we're having to throw a lot more and and you know not wear them down that also obviously when you're running on on someone it also impacts their their ability to to rush the passer so to me those are the the key will be the two kind of keys i'm looking at are our um our corners against their receivers because i'm not necessarily sure they're going to be more athletic and be able to get you know, traditionally open, but they're really good at the point of, of the, of the reception. And so, you know, those 50, 50 balls, they seem to be able to go up and get, of course, New Mexico is not Miami. And, and so they're going to have to you know deal with more athleticism, but we don't have a lot of big corners. So, you know, there's going to be some tough matchups out there. And then, you know, on our offensive side, if we can move them and run the ball. I think, I think we'll be in good shape there. I I agree with all of that. I think the run game and being physical is going to be important there. I think finding the hot hand, too. I mean, I thought all four backs looked, looked really good and in their own way. Like, Parrish, you know, he looks even better than last year. <laughs> it's just one game against, again, like, not the world's greatest opponent, but he just looked like he had a little bit extra burst and and wiggle and was re- like on inside runs especially just really like seemed to hit the hole faster like just seemed to step faster than he was last year like he was pretty shifty and had decent vision last year but didn't seem to have that burst all the time and and he really he looked a lot better uh, Fletcher you know. He was a little up and down at times, but overall, just, he's a beast. <laughs> like he's a, a big guy that can move, and he's kind of like I feel like he's like maybe I didn't expect this because they wear the same number, but what we were expecting maybe Thad Franklin to become or be 
Like Fletcher is it. He's he's a big guy, but he's a real running back with vision and and ability to make people miss and break away. So he he's you know, he might very well be a starter pretty soon. He's got seems like he's got the full package. But Allen and, and Cheney looks great too. And I think that gives us a lot of options, you know, again a team like A and M, you know, if if we need to switch it up and put somebody else in, I think it gives us a lot of ability to do that um, and try to wear them down, like keep the running backs fresh and try to keep pounding at it and, and move them. And I think we can have some success doing that. Um, and then on defense, like, I think Gidry might, might just be awesome. Like we'll, we'll have to see. I can't mind a judge on one game, but I just love the way we were, moving guys around, like changing our fronts, changing our, our coverages. Like in every third down, it felt like we were doing something. Like it was either – and a lot of times it wasn't like we were bringing extra guys or even bringing four, but he he doesn't, he doesn't he likes to show different looks, like show pressure and back out of it and confuse the quarterback. And I think in, one thing I noticed in the, in the A&M game was – you know, Wegman was basically dropping back um, and getting rid of, the, rid of the ball pretty quickly, and that you can do when you have no pre, no pass rush and the defense isn't really doing anything to confuse you. I, I think it's going to be a little bit different for him this week, and it'll be interesting to see if they really throw it as much if they're not able to run. You know, if, if he's going to take care of the ball or maybe he's going to force some mistakes. Um, now he he is surprisingly mobile. Um, I guess I'm saying surprisingly because he's white. I mean, he might be a really good runner. Uh, I don't I don't know much about his like history or his like kind of skills, but he had some really nice runs in that game. Um, just ha- has has enough speed and vision to like be dangerous, particularly on like his like plays break down, and you can see plays where a pass rush gets to him and the middle's open and he just takes it and feels like he really hurt us that way. So that's something we're going to need to be ready for. But um, I think I think being physical here is the way to go. It's, it's hard to believe against a team that's, you know, loaded with that much talent in the SEC that we feel in a lot of ways we have a physical advantage, but kind of feels that way after one week. Like, just a combination of maybe approach and attitude and also um, just the new talent that we have and the you know, the development of some of the other guys. It really feels like we have this ability to just impose our will on the game, and, and I think that's going to be important. Yeah, I'm – yeah, I'm not – I'm not, not as concerned by their quarterback – Play in that sense, um, just because I, I think, look, I think at the end of the day, it's it, a lot of it for them is going to be on, you know, their new offensive coordinator who's an old coach, right? Uh, Bobby Petrino, if people, you know, aren't aware, is is their offensive coordinator. And you kind of know what you're getting with his offense, and it's quarterback friendly. So I, I think, I think he'll, you know, if we can, 
be physical and collapse the pocket and get in his his throwing space and get sacks and hit him, you know, that'll impact his ability. But, you know, this is a it is an offense that quarterbacks tend to do pretty well in. So I think, you know, if he has time, he'll make some throws and make some plays. Um, but I, I frankly think that would happen with their backup quarterback too. Um I, I think they're you know, that that's it is a quarterback friendly offense. I, I just I don't know that they would commit to running the ball as much as they would need to to kind of control it. Like I'm I'm happy to have them, you know, attempt forty plus passes in this game. Um even though, you know, that does does could mean a lot of yardage and maybe that's a problem, but um I just think if they're not able to run the ball, I think that that helps us immensely. And and I don't know that Petrino is going to stick to the running game anyway. Um, so yeah, I, I, from the running back standpoint, I guess you know you brought up the depth there. Now it's easy to give everyone a a, a good chunk of carries um, against Miami of Ohio. You mentioned you know Parrish, Cheney, and Fletcher all scored touchdowns um, and all kind of of the of the spectacular variety in very different ways aj allen also had a had several carries i how do you think the the, the carries are going to get distributed this week i think parish is pretty clearly the starter but after him is is it fletcher you know where's aj allen fit where does don cheney fit i mean it felt like cheney was definitely the fourth option um I'm not sure if that's going to change. I mean, he's obviously had all kinds of injuries and hasn't been able to stay on the field consistently, so he might have to work his way back up to, to prove he's, he's still got it. Um, I, I mean, I would honestly use all all of them and, and maybe, I don't know about if I would go down to, to Cheney or not, but I think it's important that they stay fresh and get in a rhythm and being able to change them, you know, drive to drive, or even if we've got longer drives, like, I think what was our second drive in the last game was like 14 or 15 plays or something. Um, being able to switch guys up and, and bring them more, bring them in more, um, I think is going to be important. Just that those fresh legs can really wear down and um, and it's something feels like we have and and they don't. It's, it's the irony is like last year it was such a disaster at running back to even find one to play, and this year it's an embarrassment of riches in some ways. So I would give them all a chance and like find the hot hand and and go with it. But I do think we're probably going to need to improve the passing game a little bit as well so um hopefully if we have success running the ball then that that'll set up a little bit more in the passing game i i don't think we're going to win this game by just running it down their throat although i think that's going to be an important aspect we're going to have to see some improvement in the rest of the offense as well Yeah, I just think you know, as a as a running back, you need you need carriers to get in a rhythm. I just don't don't know that they're all going to be able to 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 get those carriers. Obviously, I think again, Parrish will get, I would say, the majority of the snaps there, and it'll be interesting to see how we use the other three backs. I think AJ Allen probably has kind of a third 
down scat back roll type of thing carved out for himself and yeah it's kind of I, I i think you're right i think at this point cheney's probably fourth which you know has a lot to do with injury because he's very talented um runs physical as we saw in the touchdown so especially you know maybe midway through the game you do put him in there fresh and and give him a crack at kind of running a little bit tired defense but yeah it's gonna be hard to to get all all those you know those those carries spread around i guess the same question now around the tight ends elijah arroyo didn't play uh last week he's apparently going to be ready to play this week we'll see how much uh mccormick did a great job blocking um this week do you still do you expect it to 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 be mccormick kind of getting getting most of the uh the run at tight end Yeah, I, I think he will, and I think he probably should, too. Like, it's, again, if we're trying to establish that physical identity, th- those are the kinds of guys you need, you know, kind of a, a sixth lineman or seventh lineman, depending on what package we're going to, just that ability to block and and open up extra holes is going to be crucial. So, um It'll be interesting. I'm interested to see if we do a lot of like what we did this past week where we bring in, um, you know, just extra bodies and and then just try to run right at them. And then we had some success with that. Um, the other thing I think is, you know, being successful running the ball kind of takes some of the teeth out of their defense. Like you're not going to be able to set up different pressure packages and and pin your ears back if you're always having to tackle and and worried about the running game. So that'll be because I I think that we we you know all remember Shamar Stewart who was you know down to Miami and A&M ended up going there, but he's one of many talented players they have on their defensive line. So um, we want to try to minimize their impact on the game, and I think being successful running the ball can do that obviously not being successful and putting ourselves in third and long is is a recipe for disaster but i played mccormick um it was interesting that skinner i don't think he played at all in this game um which you know is kind of a healthy scratch surprise very surprising like i'm just kind of hoping he would take a leap this year and doesn't seem like it's quite happened yet. So I'm not sure what the – if Arroyo's back, obviously he's there. But without him, it's sort of like what what are the alternatives? Um, I'd really like some someone on the receiving core to step up this week too. Um, and, and the one thing I'll say about the receivers I did notice, which hopefully carries over this game, blocking. Um, we had – a lot of yeah, shorter throws and involved catching and then having to run and hopefully getting blocking. And I thought our receivers did a pretty good job blocking downfield, both on those plays and on just regular run plays, like the ones where we gained a good chunk of the yardage and we had guys downfield blocking and and staying with the play. So I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of good going on there, but Hopefully we can start to refine more of the, you know, non-physical parts of 
of the offense, like passing and catching. Yeah, and and you know, just to, to touch on, on our series a bit before kind of fishing off the tight ends, um, there was a pretty clear, and we'll see if this changes this week because again, there's different skill sets across these receivers, but there was a pretty clear, you know, pecking order uh, Jacoby, George, Xavier, Restrepo, and Colby Young um, had six, five, and four receptions respectively. No one else had more than one. So, I mean, those three guys, and we do, we are running a three, three wide out set as a primary, those are, those are the guys. And, you know, I, I, I think, you know, there's an element of first of all, just like, I'm going to put my best players on the field and ride them. You see Restrepo's returning punts again. Um, you know, and there's certainly an argument to make. He's one of your top receivers. Do you really want to expose him there? And I think at this, you know, James Williams was on, was on kick and punt coverage. I, I think at this point, Cristobal's kind of just said, you know, I'm going to put my best players out there and, and, you know, live and die with that. And I think, you know, at the receiver position, those are the three guys he went with now. Tyler Harrell, Ray Ray Joseph, Brashard Smith, Isaiah Horton. These are explosive players. So they, maybe there is kind of a, you know, it's a chance to get them on the field, get vertical more with it. But I think those three other guys are kind of where the ball's going to go in terms of tight ends. Yeah, I was also a little bit surprised that that uh, Julius Skinner did not really play. Um McCormick got got a bulk of the snaps at tight end. You mentioned we put McCoy in as tight end. He had to kind of put on a temp jersey. The other the other guy though that did get in right at the end and caught a pass from Emery Williams was uh was Riley Williams, and maybe he is actually the you know again you like you said if Garoyo plays and looks like he will he'll get snaps for sure. But you know after him and McCormick it, it might just be Riley Williams is now third in line. That might be why. You know, we didn't really see Skinner, and and that just might be the way it is right now. Um, but yeah, and, and again, he's also Skinner is actually he's kind of interesting, right? Because we're talking all about physicality, and and you know, Cristobal wanting to be physically dominant, kind of that being the style of the team. Like uh, Jaleel Skinner is not that. Um, he is much more of a receiving tight end, and you know, you do wonder if if that's kind of not. What we're looking for, but you know, maybe some of similar to some of our receivers, there's a package for him that was not prudent to use against Miami of Ohio that maybe is more in play here. But you know, I think already Riley Williams is is bigger than him and more physical than him. That might make it a little bit more difficult for for Jaleel Skinner to get on the field. I think that's definitely a possibility. I mean, and particularly if the the emphasis here is on physicality and um, you know less about finesse and more about brute strength, like that's really not Skinner's game. So he's gonna have to find his own ways to make an imprint. And he was always a tweener. Like that's that's the thing. Those guys can sometimes be fantastic because they go. They do a lot of different things, and they kind of can can be unicorns in some ways and redefine the position that they play. But the flip side of that is they have no fit if it doesn't go well, and you know that might be where where he is. He's just not strong enough and physical enough to to play a full tight end role, and then he becomes more of a receiving tight end. And you know, 
unless you're Travis Kelsey or, or whatever, that's not, that doesn't always work. You got to be, uh, you're not going to be as fast as the receivers probably. And if you are, then you're just a great athlete, but there's got to be a little more of a technician and, uh, and know the scheme and know how to get open. And that's more of a skill that you know, like, it's, I, we haven't seen enough of Julio Skinner to know how he is at that. So, it's interesting, but I like what Mario's done generally is it seems like when he says we're competing and jobs are open and people need to, you know, earn their spot to keep it, like, he seems to mean it because, like, the depth chart, if you were just trying to appease your former big recruits or, or you know, big transfers or whatever, you might see different people in the game, you might see different snap counts than we're seeing. And they seem genuinely to say, look, the best players are going to play. The next best are going to back them up. And after that, like, you might get in, but we're not going to, we're not going to just have you, you know, we're not going to spread it around to everybody um, every week. So I like that culture. I like that emphasis and you mentioned Emory Williams I mean at the quarterback position like they made Emory Williams back up this week because they said he earned it and it wasn't just like anointed to Jakari Brown so um, I like that I like the accountability and you know that's it's a little more similar to what Miami used to be where you had to fight to keep your job and a freshman could take it from you if you weren't if you weren't ready to go like they were always you know there and and ready and willing and able to step up. So if we're getting a little bit more back to that, where you have a really, really good talented players who can't even get on the field, I mean, kind of a good thing. Yeah. Interestingly, interestingly enough on the quarterbacks, um, Shannon Dawson did say, I have four games to use each of them in. So it sounds like we're, you know, assuming TBD knock on wood stays injured. You know, we really are thinking about redshirting both of them because you can play four games and still redshirt. And so, you know, that's another reason. That might be another reason Emory Williams played this week because, you know, Jakari Brown's certainly more capable of being a change of place player in a competitive game, you know. And so we might have, we talked to, you know, that middle stretch of the season when you're playing Carolina, Clemson, uh, NC State, and Florida State in a five week period. That might be where you want to have special packages for, for Jakari Brown, where because obviously he's a he's a great athlete running the ball. We saw that last year. We saw him, you know, win win some games doing that. So, you know, Emory Williams is not really that type of player. So maybe it also made more sense for him to use one of his four games here, um, and and maybe not not for Jakari Brown in that sense as well. Because certainly if they're trying to redshirt them both, you know, then you're not gonna. And and given Jakari Brown's kind of ability to make plays with his feet and be a changeup guy, maybe a short yard, be the short yard quarterback and things of that nature. Certainly, putting him in in garbage time against Miami of Ohio wasn't really a good use of one of those four games. Um, so we did we did talk about how last year against Texas A and M, it was a um, it was an ugly game. Canes didn't score a touchdown. Um, and ended up losing seventeen to nine. Um, 
big plays where Devin Achain, who is now Miami Dolphin, actually, um, you know, had that touchdown at the start of the second half where Kane's missed several tackles. You know, their other A&M's other touchdown came off a month, muffed punt by Tyreek Stevenson, who mentioned Restrepo's back in their returning punts again. He was obviously injured and missed last year's game. Overall, it was not a well-played game. It was kind of ugly. The Canes looked the better team on the field, but came up short, you know, which in a way was encouraging because you felt like, okay, you know, we get some things cleaned up. We finished some drives. A&M's a really good team. We're, we should be one as well. Turns out both teams were terrible. It was an awful game to watch in the moment and, you know, turned into, in hindsight was really just two bad teams struggling against each other. Um, it's been a year. Now we're back to A&M week again. So we're with um, this week. What's changed? What's different? What's going to happen on Saturday? What's your prediction for this game? Yeah, I mean, a lot has changed, and hopefully for the better. Um, you know, I'm not sure we have the better team this week overall from a talent perspective. I mean, again, just watching them, they've just got a lot of guys. And, and we do, too, certainly more than we had in the past, but I'm not sure we, we have as much as them. I think we need to make this game about culture, physicality, and execution. And I think if we do that, we'll have the advantage. There, if you, if you believe in Mario, you believe that he's instilling a winning culture and kind of turning over the team and instilling a new sense of leadership. And if we know anything about Texas A&M, it's been a lot of hype, a lot of flash, a lot of bluster, but not really a consistent culture over the last few years and we've seen guys like leaving the program a lot getting suspended I mean, every every school deals with attrition we're no, we're no different but they've they, they've kind of underperformed their talent level and and had some acrimony in the program and it'll be interesting like i you know i think i believe in our culture more than theirs and and that matters and in, in games like this um we're going to have to take care of the ball, you know, no muffed punts and and things like that that we had last year. And hopefully we may make all the field goals when we get them because I still think we might struggle to punch the ball. And, um, but I, I believe in our team. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a hardcore believer like that this team is going to accomplish anything of substance this year, but, but the same goes the other way. So I'm going to go with the home team here. I think hopefully we do get the game sold out. I know we're struggling with that, which is telling, but um, yeah, we should have the home crowd. We've got that home field advantage too, of just being here in the heat and humidity, um, being at home. So I think that's going to lift us. I, I also like the fact we've got – I think we've got the better quarterback. I think that matters. I think Wegman's good, don't get me wrong, but but I'll take TBD. So I do think it's going to be a tight, low-scoring game similar to last year just because 
I think the defenses are our defense is definitely ahead of our offense. Maybe their offense is a little ahead of their defense. I don't know, but I'm gonna say that we win it, and it's it's 24 to 17. Yeah, I mean, like you said, a lot's changed for 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 both teams. Um, it we we mentioned Petrino earlier coming as their offense coordinator because their offense is really poor last year. Um, now they did have Weigman for the end of the season. He was playing. Obviously, he didn't play against us. It was it was they had they had Haynes King and then uh, Max Johnson, who's the backup playing at that point. Um, but. They are. They went two and two with Wegman, so it's not exactly he was unbeatable. Um, I think it's not going to sell out, and that's fine. Like honestly, who cares? There'll be a good crowd there, a solid crowd, and you know our our stadium is you know a half of a dome at this point. It holds the sound, and well, it's going to be loud. It will be a a home crowd advantage. I also I've been down here a little bit less than a week. The humidity is, you know, and, and we're from here. This is home. I'm somewhat used to it. It is still something else. Um, it is like standing in front of an oven that's preheated with the door open. And 3.30 is not a hospitable time to be outside. And so even though they're from Texas, another another place we're familiar with the weather, you know, where the, where the, the opponent's from this this week, I do think if it is a physical game, if we are able to lean on them, it is going to be hard for them to muster, you know, that energy by the fourth quarter and the humidity that's going to be out there. So I I like our team. I don't think A&M is very good. I think they're severely overrated. Um, I'm not exactly sure how, you know, they're kind of getting a pass for last year's struggles and we're not. Not that we should get one, but, you know, they were really no better. They were also five and seven. It's a home game. Think we're the better team. I think it'll you know be a one position game for 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 much of it. I, I think it'll be kind of a little bit tight, but I think we'll be in control most of it. And then I think we'll score a late touchdown to kind of put the game away. And I have it winning 34-23. I will say, um, you know, when the line opened, it was very much I think it was AM minus seven and a half. That has quickly moved to the point now it's four. A three and a half point movement is, is pretty major on on online movement. So it is it's all moving in, in in the hurricane's direction in that sense. And yeah, seven and a half seemed like a pretty large and obviously like we're Miami people. I, I know you say you don't have a lot of belief, but we certainly like probably believe in our team most than others do, uh more than others do, but that that felt like a huge, huge seven and a half in Miami felt like a big number against an opponent that's, you know, coming off a very similar season. Um, so that has now moved down to four. So a lot of people certainly betting betting on on on, on the canes there. Um, or at least to, you know, to cover that seven and a half spread to drive it down to four. Um, and then for what it's worth, ESPN's analytics predictor does have the canes as a slight favorite at fifty three point two percent. A&M at 46.8. So, um, I don't know. I think we're I think we're a better team than them. And I think at this point in the season in particular, the more physical team, which I think will, will matter. So, I, I like our chances on Saturday. 
Yeah, let's hope we're right. I mean, I, I hate feeling confident. And I'm not saying I feel confident. I, I still don't know what to expect. But um, I think there's – it already seems like there are things that this team does well that can be consistent pillars for the season. And we'll know if that's true after this game because, if, you know, if we get pushed around and dominated, then, you know, time back to the drawing board. But – but I feel like feel like something might have finally changed a little bit, and don't want to jinx it. But this will be this is the first chance we get to really see it. Yeah, and and I think you know as we kind of wrap things up here, I think one of the the reasons it, it feels better is is we know what type of football Mario Cristobal wants to play. We tried to do some of that last year, and we're unable to. But he wants to be physical, and so. You know, I don't think any of us, anyone really thinks we're world beaters. There's a long way to go to get to the the place where we ultimately want to be. But I think what we saw last week, kind of what we're seeing with some of the kids coming in, and you mentioned even down to the receivers blocking, is just that physicality that, that Mario Crispo wants to build the team around now. Will it bear fruit on Saturday? We'll see. I am cautiously optimistic. But I also think, you know, just the way the schedule lays out let's be real like georgia tech's not very good either that's at home so we have bethune and temple after this this does feel like you know whereas last year and obviously we shouldn't have lost to middle tennessee state but we lose to a&m and and then you know that results in kind of a string of losses in a row in this case like we're basically going to go into north carolina either four and one or five and oh so yeah, this is a chance to really like you know play a better opponent, see where we're at at this point in the season. But you know, this is not a make or break point in the season. It's only the second game, and and just with a couple more warm up games after this, with the bye week after that, with Georgia Tech at home to open the ACC play, you know, after this, there's going to be really a month before we're tested again. So even if we win, it's all that that momentum that we get out of this one will kind of dissipated and if we lose you know there's plenty of time to recover from that and so I, I don't think this is going to be a season defining game in any sense but it is kind of the first first test for uh what i what i called in something i wrote today mario cristobal 2.0 because uh 1.0 flopped so so we're back to the drawing board this is kind of the first test of this kind of re rebooted coaching staff um but it's it should be a it should be a fun time out at, at Hard Rock. Um, like we'll have a good crowd. It might not sell out. It probably won't sell out. Tickets are quite pricey as well. But um, it should still be a a good time to um to to go out there. You know, hopefully you play a good game, come out of there with the win. Um, regardless, next week short week. We've been recording these on Wednesday or Thursday. This will definitely have to be early in the week because you know after AM we got Bethune on a Thursday, so it's going to be a tight week next week. But We'll obviously uh, have a recap of this game. I highly doubt we'll spend a lot of time on Bethune-Cookman next week, um, but we will recap this. And, uh, yeah, hopefully hopefully coming off a win to get to 2-0. and But either way, we'll be back next week on the Sebastian's Pub podcast. As always, we want to thank everyone for listening and downloading. And let's get that W on Saturday. Let's go Canes. Mm-hmm.